0: If you're a shark tank fan or business junkie check out the podcast another bite each week another bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of shark tank the hosts break down each company's pitch analyze the deals that were or weren't made and answer the million dollar question are they still a company whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a shark tank fan that just wants to relive the drama another bites your deep dive into the world of shark tank just search for another bite in your favorite podcast app like the one you're listening to right now
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com. dot com. going
2: to is up. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those boys.
1: The second captain's world service.
3: I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't
2: you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever.
4: This time next week, the World Cup in Qatar will have begun, and after four long years, the Great Unwashed will finally have a World Cup to enjoy. But I know I'm not talking to the Great Unwashed, because we here at the Second Captain's Podcast are up to our necks in World Cup Fever. There were two World Cup finals on this weekend mm-hmm. for crying out loud. Hello and welcome to today's Second Camps Podcast. Hello there, Ken. Hello, Karen. How are you? And hello there, Simon. Murph, how are you? I will talk to you, Simon, in just a few minutes. Sure. About that absolutely outrageous scene in Eden Park on Saturday morning our time as the hometown yeah. underdogs took down a heavily favoured England team, thirty-four thirty one, in an instant classic in the women's rugby. But I know that many of our listeners will expect at least ten to fifteen minutes. At least. On the uh, uh, ten to fifteen minutes of the show to be dedicated to my thoughts on the ICC T Twenty World Cup final in the MCG on Sunday morning, you were both watching, right?
2: I saw something about Ben Stokes on Twitter,
4: Simon. You were watching, right? Well, North it's, County Dublin. This I mean, it's basically the home of the team that lost to Ireland correct? I mean, we're, uh, there there is an argument to be made that we are yes, linear world champions. Um, yes, I grew up uh, like 100 metres from the hills and North County to the come on then, I houses. I'm, I'm, sp- I'm, I'm preaching to the converted here. Uh, I knew it wasn't just me and new Wicklow football manager, Oshie McConville, tuning in <laughs> early on Sunday morning uh, to watch England's thrilling victory over Pakistan. Now, for some, it was the injury to Shaheen Afridi that was the key moment, his catch-it-long-off to hold on to a sharp chance from Harry Brook, proving a Pyrrhic victory as he only bowled one more ball after he fell awkwardly in the act of fielding. For others, as Ken so rightly points out, the key to victory was yet another thrilling backs-to-the-wall performance by Ben Stokes when England needed him most, scoring his first half-century in 20-over cricket in the World Cup final. Big man for the big occasion. Either way, I'd just love a couple of weeks to decompress before I embark on filling out another super-glossy World Cup wall chart. But unfortunately, the sports world refuses to give me that time um, there's another cricket world cup next week <laughs> <laughs> no no the, this one was delayed by two years they do have a lot of world cups they do yeah they, they'd have the 50 over world cup and then the T20 and then there's like the world test cricket championship which is not really a world cup but okay. I mean I mean listen there's only 11 or 12 countries that play the sport so why not have at it every couple of years for a world cup I don't think there's I see no problem with it um, for coverage of the men's soccer World Cup then quite frankly there is no better time to join second captains so go to secondcaptains.com forward slash join and for just five or a month you will get the best the very best World Cup coverage uh, there is Uh, men's rugby teams have World Cups on the brain as well Mm -hmm. Uh, our build up continued with a pretty error strewn win over Fiji Uh, and a win that didn't actually come without some casualties as well, which we're just hearing in the last couple of minutes.
0: Yeah, that horrible headshot on Carberry has him out for the game. He's gone back to Munster for to follow the HIA protocols. Henshaw out as well. He went after a couple of minutes with a hamstring. Sexton remains a doubt from the previous week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means all of a sudden Crowley, who I thought was by a mile our biggest positive in the game, followed maybe by McCluskey. Just looked really good when he did come on. Obviously wouldn't have been expecting him to come on so soon. Um, he could go from third choice at Munster at the start of the season to first choice for Ireland. Now Sexton is still in the squad. They haven't as yet called up a third out half. They do have other options there. But mm. you would su- it was just Sexton will certainly make it at the very least to the bench. But um, it looks like Crowley's going to get some time no matter what.
4: Yeah, which is... Uh Pretty exciting after a pretty boring game. Uh, well,
0: the whole, you know, who's the reserve out half behind Sexton has been—it's gotten—it's gotten boring, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's ramped up to 100 miles an hour in a few weeks, and that Crowley, like everybody's impressed by what he's done. He's kind of come from nowhere. It was just a guy who O'Gara wanted to sign, you mm-hmm. know, a year ago or whatever it was. To suddenly, like, geez, this guy's
4: getting a shot and he's backing it up. The uh, world champions the reigning world champions uh, suffered a second defeat in a row South Africa going down 30-26 to France mm-hmm. in Marseille in what looked like a pretty amazing atmosphere Oh, so good <laughs> I have when to, they, have when to they bring watch the game, game in the Aviva Yeah, they bring those games down to Marseille like they don't yeah. they don't mess around Late at night, yeah Yeah, this uh, this defeat marked in now customary style uh, by mm. Razi Erasmus South African he's not even the head coach he's the director of rugby is that mm. right? Director of rugby yep. of South African rugby uh, Obviously, he goes on another tweet thread of refereeing errors. Mm. He helpfully shares with the rugby public on Twitter. Mm. Uh, this is so clever by Fiku. The way he moves and presents himself on our side of the ruck has no influence on our speed of the ball from the ruck. We can certainly learn from this! Exclamation mark. Sorry. Both the French and South African nines under immense pressure! Exclamation point. We just have to get, on, uh, get that onside right. Sorry. I mean... I think it's the tone of these messages that make them so irritating.
0: And the repetition of the tone. And the fake compliment to the fans just just before he then has a go with the ref again in the same tweet. Um, The kind of sarcastic 14-year-old boy uh, tone and (laughs) sense of humour. After the Lions tour, which was covered at length, it was kind of annoying and felt a bit damaging and a little depressing for Mm. the game. The tweet after the Ireland game was kind of amusing because in the video that he posted there was a neck roll on Dan Sheen so it yeah. showed just how ridiculously one ID is when he's looking at the thing and then this time like you've referred I think there was eight of them and it was over a long period of time um, the sheer amount of time he's spending on it the fact that he really does seem to think there is a conspiracy against South Africa uh, the fact that he thinks it could change anyone's opinion, least of all a referees. Mm. And it looks like it may actually be working against him at this stage, because they did actually get three really bad calls against him <laughs> in the last ten minutes. Mm. But by way Barnes, will be, who, who, yeah. who is, I think, the fairest, really, he makes loads of errors like mm. the rest of them do, but I think he's one of the fairest or the least prone to any sort of bias in a home mm. or away match. Now it could be total coincidence, but it certainly isn't going for him again in the Ireland or France games. Yeah. Put it that way. It's not working, Rassi.
4: Uh, we'll have Andrew Trimble on in just a few minutes for his thoughts on uh, Ireland's sloppy win on Saturday afternoon we'll also talk to him about Razzie but there was also the small matter of the FEI Cup final yesterday Ken and unfortunately no dream end to Damien Duff's first season in charge of Shelburne
2: unfortunately Uh,
4: that is actually that's (laughs) bad by me I mean what can I say I'm bringing my own biases into this you know Uh, now listen what are your your biases
2: anti-dairy bias uh,
4: well no just the fact that I like Damien Duff uh, now, listen, you know, every cloud is a silver lining. Derry's victory, of course, secures European football for St. Patrick's Athletic. based an inch core. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to cry too many tears. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I like the Duffer uh, storyline. His player is not allowed to call him Duffer, of course. I read that over the weekend. Uh, there's is a it, fine in place for any player. Coach Steph, gaffer. No, the gaffer is fine. Absolutely no problem, But Duffer, absolute no-no you get a fine for that if you're a Shelburne player. You, you shouldn't call, call your manager a nickname. I don't think so either. I think Duffer is right on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously not I once that. called
2: Gilesy Gilesy. On the yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's not great. What happened? Uh, he ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> like every, like, everything else he said, <laughs> like everything else Simon said to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, the game obviously was, it was a bit disappointing unless you're obviously a Derry fan. I mean, it was kind of clear that they were going to win from an early point and then they just kind of hammered mm. Shelburne 4-0. It could have been more than... It was one of those sort
4: of 4-0s where they continued to assert their dominance in every sort of 15 to 20-minute period of the game. Every quarter of the game, Derry, mm. were every bit as good, or they were better than Shelburne in every quarter of the game, and the scoreline basically reflected that.
2: Yeah, so it was... Um uh, it was a deserved win for Derry. Obviously, Shelburne had done well to get to that point. There was a crowd of 32,000, uh, which was 5,000 less than last year. Um, but uh, certainly some of the fans who were there made their presence felt. Mm. Uh, I mean, this had happened last year as well. Actually, in the same place, I'm pretty sure, around sort of Irish Town, um, there was a few, I don't know, running battles between fans, the kind of guards. I mean, there was one video I saw with this guard of van just sitting there in the middle and this kind of, people are just either side of the street kind of going at each other. Mm. Guards are just sort of watching it. I mean, it's like, I don't know much about policing.
4: Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do <laughs> Sometimes I. Sometimes
2: should you just, you know, is it is it best to just take a step back and just mm. let things play themselves out? So, um, yeah. And there was, there, there was some fighting in the stadium, uh, at the Shelburne end. I mean, apparently between Shelburne fans. So I don't really know mm. what that was about or, uh, you know, would you say shameful scenes marred a great occasion? Did it qualify for, did they qualify as shameful scenes or were they simply, you know, just a bit of... I
4: would say they were pretty, I would say they were pretty shameful scenes. As shameful as what we saw in Parnell Park on Saturday evening. I mean, this is why so much of, of being a sports fan gets tiresome really quickly. Because there was a lot of, well, there were a few League of Ireland fans saying, if this happened in a League of Ireland grand on Saturday evening, when a game between Nave Barog." And out at the barra in. Oh, Owlert I think I, I Leinster, saw a bit of this as well. Yeah, in the Leinster Intermediate Hurling Championship, they were marred by shameful scenes. Uh, basically, a row on the field spilled over off the field in the stand in Parnell Park. Everybody joined in. Yeah, well, there was a, a, members of the crowd joined in, um, and then there were a number of League of Ireland fans saying, "If this happened at the F.A.I. Cup final, there'd be absolute bloody pelters in the media." And then twenty-four hours later. The everyone sports a, are just held to different standards. Murph. Everyone, <laughs> everyone had a chance to test that particular. And where, you know, have
2: there been pelters?
4: <sighs> if, in what I mean, I, I it, you're kind of talking about like a media reaction. I don't know that there's been a massive overreaction to what happened in the Aviva yesterday. Beyond outside of Twitter, I don't, I don't think that there was necessarily. Hmm. Um, I mean, I can speak to the what happened in Parnell Park, which is just absolutely ridiculous once again this idea that uh people in the stand decide to get involved on something because of something that happens on the field it's, it like it's ceaselessly uh uh irritating and disgraceful and all the rest yeah. but nothing nothing changes nothing well, you know no that
2: i would i would say i think the players played a regrettable part there you know, I will say for the for the Shoburn and Derry players, mm, they at least were pretty blameless. At, at least, least they held up their side of the bargain. You know, and when can we see that kind of leadership from from our GAA players?
0: Mm. Whereas in rugby, it's only the players that are. There.
2: Only <laughs> the players fight? <laughs> <and stuff>. There <laughs> isn't any fight. Well, other people then people just write letters to the editor complaining yeah. about.
4: Too many people are <laughs> trying to get pints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. It's a complicated, uh, interconnected relationship we have between our three major field sports, isn't it? Um, I mean, played on the same played on the oh, same. Pitch?
2: Ruin McCormick snowed under at the Irish Times after a particularly busy, um, <laughs> particularly busy day at the bar. The bar, the bar was short staffed, and Ruin McCormick has to read four hundred letters to the editor mm. from pissed off rugby fans. <laughs> who uh, I write for.
4: Ah well, 24 hours before the FA Cup final there was of course Ireland 35 Fiji in the 2nd of our November internationals Uh, pretty poor stuff from Ireland and head coach Andy Farrell sounded rather less than impressed in the immediate aftermath
5: I thought we was off I thought we was was poor we we, we didn't have much continuity I think um, the way that we started the game was slow the way that we finished the game kicking the ball off to the crowd and
4: not having a crack summed it all up a little bit so plenty of learnings for us Yes, yeah, so that was Andy Farrell uh, talking to Tommy Martin on Virgin Media and in no mood to be charitable. That's kind of not often you actually hear a coach go after his players to that extent, but uh, Andrew Trimble is was listening to that and is on the line now. Andrew, how, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, lads. Yeah, were you surprised at just how pissed off Andy Farrell seemed afterwards? I was
5: surprised um, because I suppose you kind of pick your battles and I just think against Fiji. I don't see that being a battle that you pick necessarily. I was just surprised. I'm sure there's some thought to it. There definitely is some thought to it, whether he's, you know, kind of getting the guys fired up and ready to perform next week, just basically giving them a bit of a telling off. Um, He can't be positive every week, so maybe he's just picked an opportunity where it's not that important, but he has to kind of, you know, set standards out in a week whenever Sexton isn't there, set standards out and kind of re- recalibrate I suppose what's acceptable and elements of that game weren't acceptable but it definitely wasn't wasn't as as negative as as he was as he yeah. was kind of painting the picture I
4: thought yeah one thing looking ahead to the World Cup is that you're you're not going to play the same 15 so you know you can kind of talk about you know the team for the World Cup etc but a lot of the lads that were playing on Saturday will actually play a game in the World Cup and it could be actually against uh uh, uh, Pacific Islanders, a Pacific Island team uh, that are in our pool. Uh, so, you know, we, we, you, we kind of frame it as, oh, you know, who moved up the thing and who moved, who moved up the ladder, who moved down the ladder. But actually, this could look a lot like a team that we're going to pick in a World Cup. So it's, it's not as simple as, oh, well, you know, what are we actually doing here? You know, are we just deciding the 29th and 30th man into a World Cup squad? We're not actually doing that. This... A lot of these lads will end up playing against Tonga in the in the World Cup pool, so it's a bit more serious than that.
5: Yeah, it is, and it's his selection was more serious because it reflected that situation that you're talking about. Whereas in the past, Fiji was open season for Fiji or another Pacific Island team was an op- open season for okay, let's give a load of guys an opportunity. And I think that always defeated the purpose of you know giving them exposure to to a test match because. All of a sudden, when you pick 14 other guys who are inexperienced left and right of you, then you don't get that Test Match feel to it. So that was a good thing, I thought. And then maybe his reaction is kind of the the kind of follow-through of that. Well, if you're going to experience a Test Match, then here's what we expect from a Test Match performance. And it probably wasn't. It definitely wasn't what they expected from, from Test Match. And then the other thing is, Aren't the best team in the world? No, beat the um the world champions last week. If we're the best team in the world, then there's a lot of elements of that game that weren't acceptable if you're going to be the best team in the world.
0: I actually think he might have been as, as annoyed by the attitude. And he referred to how slow they started the game. That opening Fijian try, the defense were slow, so slow to come across. And then his point about kicking the ball off at the end, as he said, summed it all up. I think he's annoyed by the lack of aggression, the lack of killer instinct as much as he was by all the sloppy errors and what were he, eight and a half minutes in there, 22 and just never really looked like we'd execute a backline move, uh, heavily reliant on the all. I think he's annoyed just by the attitude and the fact that, you know, Italy are going to be dangerous now, Scotland obviously are dangerous, that this might be our last chance before the World Cup to, to really experiment and really try things. Um, we definitely were sloppy at the start. We got caught out. Fiji kind of just, just burst into
5: life immediately into the game. And, and uh, Narda went, okay, you know, the the, the nice kind of feeling of last week beating the Springboks and everybody all singing, all dancing, that's gone, that's out the window. And now we've just conceded early against Fiji. Um, and, uh, yeah, the defense was, was quite poor, quite narrow, quite sluggish. Um, Gibson Park was closing the gate on the edge, and and he he definitely was surprised by the pace of the the Fijian winger. Um, so yeah, but I suppose the and then the the other thing you mentioned there, kicking the ball out at the end, I, that's the bit I'm just I'm not sure about because that actually did started, annoy
0: me, Andrew. I have to say,
5: hey, I don't I just don't understand why why that's such a, especially because it was um, Crowley that did it, and there was a lot of positives about Crowley. Um, well, he would, he would have been told
0: of, to do that. It's not. It's the, it's the decision to do. It's not that Crowley, Crowley would have been told to do that. It's <laughs> not him. It's that obviously it was the team decision. Uh, let's just get the ball off.
5: Probably, but Crowley seems like he 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 uh, he's no shrinking. He's no shrinking violet. No, he's he's a lad who kind of does tend to take ownership and make decisions. So I don't know if it was him or not, but I'd imagine he would have had a fair say in that as well. But it just seems a. maybe I understand what he's saying it's a reflection of okay let's just get off this pitch let's
0: not pick it up any more injuries it's it's summed up exactly as he said it's summed up the attitude slightly slightly checked out yeah just a bit checked out like look at Mac Hansen who makes no handling errors ever for Ireland he he knocked on twice he was sloppy Mm. I know he had good moments but actually thought it was his worst game for Ireland by a distance
5: yeah, and a lot of that's fair enough. And a lot of that is, it's so—it's very hard to be as switched on and as prepared and as thorough and as diligent when you're playing the Springboks one week and you're playing for, it's hard to do that. But that's what he expects. He expects the guys to fit into that uh, place, be as well prepared and be as professional ultimately. So fair enough, he's driving those standards and he's making a really um, clear point. The only thing about kicking the ball off at the end, I just thought, well, the game's, the game's long gone. As soon as that guy gets a red card, the game's gone anyway. Probably missed his opportunity to play and slightly more of a test test match feel to it. Although he did really well, um, and I just thought, <laughs> why don't we just get off the pitch here? What there's not that much to gain from it anyway. Uh, Fiji are just throwing the ball around. Someone's going to get another. Someone's getting another red card. Again, there'll be another headshot. There'll be another injury. I just thought that was a game. Let's get off the pitch and let's get ready for Australia next week. That made sense to me, kicking it off. But, um, but yeah, he's probably he's probably frustrated by the attitude. And they thought, and there's another thing. So kind of he doubles down in that that feeling, that frustration about how how well prepared they were.
4: Uh, Shane Horgan made a good point on the Amazon Prime coverage that uh, Ireland kept mauling against what was obviously a terrible and really ill-disciplined <laughs> mauling defence, a uh, maul defence. And it won us the game, but as Shane raised the point that, like, like what are we learning from this? You know, is, is there not a, a moment in a game where, okay, well, they're going to keep bringing down the maul. We have a very good maul. Uh, why not let the backs try and work something here rather than just repeatedly go to this default and maybe not learn a whole pile from, from, uh, from the game?
5: That was a test match. That was—I know it was Fiji. I know it wasn't the Springboks, but it was still a test match. And we picked close to a test match fifteen for it. And you try and fi- try and find ways to play good rugby. Of course, we got into re- lots of really good fees, play, lots of good shape. McCluskey and Carbery and On. Un- I kind of untested combination I thought they worked really well at times brought their forwards into the game I thought we did a lot of good stuff and, and played with a decent bit of width. we went back and forth a number of times and actually Fijian's defense Fiji's defense was really strong and pretty formidable for long periods. there's no I have no issue at all with going into the corner and grinding it out and doing a proper test match thing. And uh, and score on mall tries. I have no issue with that at all. I I, don't, I think it's a. I don't know if it's a good idea for us to say, well, let's score the most difficult way we can possibly score against Fiji because it's Fiji. Let's let's play a style of rugby that works for us. Let's pick a suitable style of rugby against their defense, and their defense was very unpredictable as well. I think we need to give Fiji a bit more credit, maybe because they were they were decent for the, uh, long periods against us, and they were very good against Scotland the week before. Um, and I just think you need to
0: kind of be respectful of that. A couple of times since the game, I've heard this old trope about Sexton again that, you know, the training and the lead up isn't at the same standard, uh, that standards drop a little bit during the game when he's not around. Could there possibly be any truth in that? Because the one, I suppose the one thread of when Ireland's performances dip over the last year or so is when Sexton isn't there. I do think there could be a lot of
5: truth in that. Um, um, You can't just judge Sexton and the contribution he makes to the team. Um, on when he's got his hands on the ball on the pitch or what calls he makes at ten, there's something about something intangible about, about what Johnny contributes to that team, and he he drives everything. Now it's become cliché to say he drives standards and he sets um kind of accountability, but I do think people um, they, they they perform differently whenever there's more accountability and there's more there's someone driving that there's someone making sure that everybody's preparing correctly for that game and. I, you just you'll do stuff for johnny that i don't think you'd necessarily so, do for other guys that, that would mean
0: they're more stuff. afraid of sex than they are of say farrell
5: in some uh oh, and then farrell um <laughs> i don't know um potentially potentially he's he's the one he would he wouldn't shy away from giving someone a hard time Farrell wouldn't shy away from giving someone a hard time
0: but Farrell can drop you having, farrell can yeah drop yeah. you
5: <laughs> yeah well he could drop you but I'd rather get dropped than get shouted out by Johnny in a team meeting.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we learned today that Joey Carby won't be available for selection against Australia. Uh, he's returned to Munster where he's going to follow the return to play protocols after the um, the head injury he sustained against Fiji. Andy Farrell, though, hasn't called up a replacement, which suggests Sexton will start, which then brings Jack Crowley in line for a place on the bench, considering he was third choice at Munster a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, this has been a fairly meteoric rise through the ranks.
5: He performs and he holds himself. His body language, everything about him, um, is is a guy who's ready. Who's, who is basically um, delivering this message and telling people and communicating that he's ready and he's. Uh, he wants to make that step up, and he feels like he's capable of making that step up. And um he's just—I uh, think he looks really impressive. I think his his body language is good. He 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 drives everything he does. Like I know the way you we're describing Sexton, he's the the best kind of imitation of Sexton. And I think in terms of the way he gets on and and the contribution he makes, kind of on and off the ball. And it probably is, it's, it, it, it does seem a little bit quick that he's kind of rose through the ranks, but that's just the nature of it. If Carberry's on, uh, not fit and Sexton's not fit, then he's, and I would say he's probably, outside of Sexton, he's probably on current form, he's playing better as well than any other 10 in Ireland. So it's it's right that he gets an opportunity. Uh, and, you know, we, we could stumble across, you know, by accident, we could stumble across a really good alternative, another solution, another potential, and then create more competition at that kind of obviously not not for ten not for starting really not for first choice ten but for anybody who's gonna fill um fill the shoes of Johnny Sexton in the future. I think it just creates more conversation. It's less obvious. You know Joey Carby I think is in the driving seat at the minute. But um it's nice to have someone putting a bit of pressure on and creating another opportunity there.
0: I've been really impressed by McCloskey as well, both South Africa mm-hmm. and this game. For a guy who really has been rejected by the Irish setup for years and years uh, I know it's a different management team now, but he's come back in and just looked very confident and calm. And he's obviously a good bit older now. I wonder, has, you know, has he matured as well? But I, he didn't get a huge amount of analysis afterwards. But I think everything that's been asked of him, he's looked really good to the point where now, obviously we've got Henshaw has come off early again, but I think he's okay. Uh, Bundyaki coming back from his ban. But that if McCluskey started at 12 ahead of those two, kind of all-time legends at 12, He'd still be happy, it's ridiculous depth in one position. But McCluskey, he couldn't, he's not, a, he's not as highly rated, and you would still wouldn't have him ahead of Henshaw. But if he was picked ahead of Aki, you'd have zero problems, absolutely.
5: I think he has had an unbelievable couple of weeks. Um, and not to sensationalize this because I think you the word you use, Simon, is perfect. There's a level of calm with him, he just seems to mm. take it in his stride. And it almost feels like I'd say maybe if he had got that opportunity. Four or five years ago, he's been he's been waiting in the wings for a long time now. If he had got that back then, he mightn't have been as calm. He might have been more, more jittery, more a little bit more anticipation, a little bit more excited about his opportunity. I think now he's just, oh uh, well, all I can do is just go out there and do what I've done for Ulster. And there's just a level of kind of calm assurance around it. Here's what I'm going to do, and, he's, and the variety to his game has been brilliant. And actually, you've probably seen less of the the um, kind of gain line. Um, busting through tackles making offloads you've probably seen less of that although that's another um, weapon in his armory a massive weapon in his armory you've actually seen the distribution you've seen a kicking game you've seen it looks like everybody outside him structures there's obviously a lot of communication going on and a lot of work getting forward to do what they what he wants them to do and get into that kind of controlled organized phase play and he's been right in the middle of everything and as i said like and, and like a not an established partnership with him carberry and then headshot thirteen, who would have trained together all week. Then the di- a, a additional disruption of ring Ringrose coming in early in the game. So he's a lot's been thrown at him, and he's done brilliantly well. I would agree. I think if he starts ahead of Aki, no issue at all. Uh, and you've got the added benefit of uh, you know there's a, there's a discipline um, issue there with uh, Bundy Aki. You know he just there's a lot of headshots and there's a lot of you know a lot of bans and a lot of red cards. Yeah, and that's you meant the red nothing. cards
0: were seen last weekend. I mean it is going to become a bigger factor in in player selection Absolutely if it's 50-50 and that to me I would uh, probably
5: describe that as pretty close to 50-50 then I think you go with a guy who you know you'll be more confident that they're not going to be in that position
4: Uh, Listen we've all we've all wasted time on the internet uh, over the years Uh, (laughs) none of us are uh, entirely innocent in that uh, department but the sheer amount of time Razi Erasmus is spending on Twitter is—it's it, nearly cause for an intervention at this stage. I believe it was eight tweets about ref errors uh, this week after uh, the Springboks lost by four points to, to France in Marseille on Saturday. It's—it's it's literally incredible that this is how uh, you know the one of the, the key figures in the uh, in the dressing room of the World Cup cha- of the World champions is behaving.
5: I can't wait for him to get on Instagram or TikTok. Like that'll be <laughs> once we see Razzie go there, we'll know. Well, Mastodon. I
4: mean, he, he's he's going to he's going to lead all of rugby Twitter onto Mastodon. <laughs> so
5: there's yeah, it's um yeah there's there's it's it's interesting, and I think the fact that this gives us so much to to talk about is like a a benefit to us i think rugby needs more razzy erasmus it needs more controversy it needs more eddie jones is going quiet so razzy's just said fine i'll pick up the baton here and i'll start um giving people something to talk about i believe there's a the razzy erasmus documentary um coming out this week or next week or something and all of a sudden we're all talking about Razi erasmus so he's he's done a brilliant job here whether he means some he just stirs things up it's questionable right Obviously questionable kind of going after referees at, as performers and all, all of the, everything that comes out with that, of course it is. Um, but it gives us something to talk about. And um, and I, <laughs> I for one, I'm glad he's there. Could our uh, content be a
0: little less Donald Trumpy, though?
5: Mm. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Um, it definitely could be. Uh, absolutely. Plenty of people are being critical of him this week and last week. So I'm probably just um taking that other stance just to balance things up a little bit. Um, but I'm I, he's we love Trump as well, Simon. We we <laughs> we love to hate Trump. That's all we talked about. It. We didn't like we had to fill that. We had to get a pandemic. Um, or what was it what was the big kind of talking point after Trump? When there's always something, and now it's Razi Rasmus.
4: I mean, I mean, I've met a few refs over the years. We all have, uh, and I don't think any of them react over well to having their uh, errors, every single decision they've made poured over on social media. Uh, so, I mean, I refs are, they, they, they wouldn't be human if they weren't actually going the other way now with South Africa. Well, South Africa
2: like.
0: did actually get a bit ridden by Barnes in the last 10 minutes. I mean, there were three or four key decisions, particularly the Ford pass by Willie LaRue at the end where mm. it was a really strange call by Wayne Barnes, who's a really good ref, but it does actually feel like this is backfiring at this stage.
5: I don't think people are, are, Giving them a hard time because of what he's done. I think because of what he's done, as you say, uh, Murph. Referees are human, and referees, will they'll be he'll be they'll all be looking at uh, Twitter. Hope I'm just a refresh, refresh. Just hoping, please don't be a video about me coming up here. So the if if there's anything in the balance, like you can, they would be excused, I think, or they would have a. Uh, it's reasonable that they would go the other way, and they would go favorable to South Africa. I think. I think they're way less likely to go against South Africa be a brave referee maybe yeah, a referee who wants gonna, a bit of a challenge
4: yeah you're going to get criticized anyway though so i mean if the if it, you know and there would be i'm sure a simmering uh, amount of simmering discontent amongst referees that he's going to keep doing this uh now maybe you know maybe maybe he is doing it for pr for a documentary or something i don't know but you know like if if you're sitting there thinking well he's going to slate me anyway and he's completely one-eyed in how he looks anyway so i mean who cares uh and he's made a fool out of like a colleague of mine last week i I don't know i don't think it sounds like a great idea to a great way to ingratiate yourself with officials
5: (laughs) yeah i know it's 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 strange it's very strange behavior um uh and I don't know who knows who knows what's going on in his head. But as you say, William Barnes, yeah, the the four pass was a little bit unusual. But anybody who goes through a video of a game in that much detail, you're going to be able to find a couple of things. And there's something about referees. Um, I, I I suppose I just always think whenever whenever we were playing and still now, you get a, you get a score out of ten. There's so much criticism about uh, about players and referees are performers just like players. I'm not saying that's right to be doing that. It's definitely not. But there's something about a level of accountability and saying, "Here's how you performed publicly." It's a little bit more like the way players are treated, <laughs> you know.
4: <laughs> okay, well, on that uh, apocalyptic note, uh, Andrew, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. We'll chat to you next week, hopefully.
5: Cheers, fellas.
1: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com from Ireland's second Captain show Captain
2: show Hiya.
1: It's the best thing in the world for you because it's full of protein, protein. This is not a dig of football people who know the game, game. No respect, no honour. Put the respect on
4: My day?
2: Don't shit the bed on. But who plays rugby?
4: I imagine it was like something you would expect to see in a corner movie. No, they don't. But they do. Not, the, the, sorry, on. They do not. None of the balls. Shut up, the two of you. I just want to play commentary at a goal. Far up, my day. Far up, my day. Understand? How can I get? How can
2: I get?
4: I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like Nick. You get the ball forward, you compete, you chase people, you close people down,
1: you create excitement, you win balls when you shouldn't win balls, you commit yourself to the game.
4: Okay, before you go, Simon, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the women's rugby world cup final mm. on Saturday morning. Uh, an absolute doozy. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand beating England 34-31 in what looked like an unbelievably raucous atmosphere in Eden, in Eden Park. Uh, just how big a shock was this?
0: Yeah, I think that's part of what made it such a brilliant game is that England were ridiculously hot favourites. Like they were on a 30-game unbeaten run coming into the World Cup. Uh, millions invested structurally, strategically coaching tactically they'd got everything right off the field and on the field up to this point brilliant team um they put 43 and then 56 points on new zealand in consecutive games last year in england england were the hottest favorites ever going into world cup men's or women's um but after that loss to england new zealand last year they had a review internal cultural everything uh, they got rid of Glenmore, the coach. They got in Wayne Smith, uh, who's obviously assistant coach. Yep. And kind of more than that for the, men's, the men's teams for in 2011 yeah. and 2015 World Cup wins. He's kind of like, he's this wise, you know, radical thinking in some ways coach who just has an influence on and off the field over several decades now. But plus they brought in Graham Henry. And then they brought in loads of ex-players as well for sort of a smaller one-to-one sessions and specifics on kicking, like Dan Carter and Richie McCaw on the breakdown. They all came in to help. So it was like a, a unified approach. Mm. And then they beat England in the final with just some daft rugby, you know, crazy offloads. It's a very talented team, but England have a much better pack. But they suddenly figured out how to defend the English Mall. Obviously, those fans, um, they got 42,000 of them there, um, with a really good atmosphere, um, singing along with Ruby Toohey, who, who we know from
4: before, after the yeah, she, Olympics. Yeah, so she was interviewed uh, during the Olympics in Tokyo uh, last year uh, by Jill Douglas. And it was kind of one of these like very much I- impromptu interviews. Jill Douglas is on the sideline just doing a kind of post-match report. And then Ruby Toohey just kind of was like walking behind her. She's like, OK, I think I've got an interview with Ruby Toohey. And then, <laughs> she just like dazzles for like yeah. two na- two and a half minutes. Uh, just sh- charisma, not in short supply. No, yeah. Yeah. no. Um,
0: but anyway, let's have a listen. Actually, to Rube. this is the one from from Saturday
4: morning, and yeah. it's again, it's another stone cold uh, classic.
1: They said nobody cared about women's rugby. Well guess what? We out here. We out here, fam. We're going nowhere. New Zealand, can't you be here quick? How are you? To Tu my nai.
4: That's uh, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, that's <laughs> it was so good. Uh, to, watching it, and even uh, the, like the full thing is so brilliant. The whole thing. She's talking about getting shafted by the seventh team. And the yeah, whole, just throws
0: that in in the middle of the
4: it's, the answer. Like. <laughs> it was absolutely unbelievable. But uh, yeah, you mentioned Wayne Smith there uh, who came in last year, obviously revolutionist. Yeah. Here he is talking last week uh, before the final about the team inv- environment he's tried to foster.
3: Yeah, we we did some hormonal stuff with the All Blacks back in about 2005. We were spitting in vials every day for um, about a year, probably, and looking at the chemical balance you need for a game of footy, and then determined that laughter was a key key thing early in the week that you need to have innovation, laughter, excitement. Um, so please tell me that's actually true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's that's true. Mass. Yeah. How that's, can you tell that? <laughs> Um, you tell it from the um, hormonal measurements, and, and what you need to, how you need to be early in the week for your um, for your recovery, and how you need to be at the end of the week for the performance. So, I won't go into all the detail, but yeah, essentially that's that's what we do. Um, we have a lot of fun, uh, both in the men and the women, based on the same data. And uh, you know the. I haven't seen any difference in terms of toughness, um, ability to to do the physical stuff. Um, Some of our dojo sessions have been the most violent um, contact sessions that I've been involved in. And they just keep getting up, keep having another crack. They enjoy it, they can see the difference it makes for them, I think. Even the medical team who were totally against it at the start, you can imagine. Totally against it I then got feedback About two weeks ago To say We've got 32 we got 32 women Available for selection So it must be Something about Yeah I mean
4: Sounds a lot like A Monday in here I mean I make sure to laugh Three times <laughs> daily Ken <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all it's, it's, It turns out It's key To team building And team performance With yeah. very
0: few injuries In the office
4: almost none I would say no uh, work related injuries in this yeah. office fingers crossed well that stairs is a bit of a nightmare ok so that's pretty much it uh, World Cup build up is going to be huge all week on the World Service we'll also look ahead to Ireland Australia with Shane Horgan tomorrow uh, so if you're not a member there may, may never be a better time to give it a rattle thank you Ken thank you Kira. thank you Simon thanks Murph thanks Ken thank you Simon uh, and of course this is your regular reminder that Second Captains is part of the Acast creator network
2: That's
1: the second time it's gone on. They never go home. They never
5: go home. They never go home, never go home. Those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that.
0: It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. If you're a Shark Tank fan or business junkie, check out the podcast, Another Bites. Each week, Another Bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of Shark Tank. The hosts break down each company's pitch, analyze the deals that were or weren't made, and answer the million-dollar question, are they still a company? Whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a Shark Tank fan that just wants to relive the drama, Another Bite's your deep dive into the world of Shark Tank. Just search for Another Bite in your favorite podcast app like the one you're listening to right now.